Hello, everybody. Welcome to this space. I am Sasha, and it's a pleasure to be today with Evelyn Sparks. She's a trauma and liberation coach, and it's such a gift to have her presence here today. We are just going to have a conversation um, specifically about heartbreak, about healing uh, and connecting to our emotions and the sense of um, embodiment that it's so important when it comes to to this uh, kind of healing specifically. So thank you so much, Evelyn, for joining today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited too. It's lovely to have you here. So, oh my gosh, it's, I, I have to share that I, I had the blessing of being part of the, of the staff around one of Evelyn's trainings. I know that it's not her only training, but I, I was there during one of her trainings. So it's been such a beautiful journey to see her uh, go from, from that place where she was, um, what, what was it, two years ago, three? Three and years, yeah. Three years ago. And to see her in this in this moment of her life when she's having such a beautiful thriving business when she's sharing her magic, her wisdom with so many people. So it's beautiful to be able to see this evolution of yourself. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. So um, heartbreak, that's such a powerful conversation. And uh, I am curious about what what is motivating you to to explore this this topic specifically yeah it is a heavy topic you know i think that i have journeyed a lot of heartbreak in my life and i think that a lot of people who are highly sensitive or quote unquote too much, you know, like beings who really show up in their full intense expression often have faced a lot of heartbreak. And I've really been, I was single for about five years. And through that time, I was healing one heartbreak. It took years to heal from. And then in the past two years, I've journeyed multiple relationships in succession that have all been really impactful and ended in a way that affected me totally differently each time. And so I've kind of been learning and navigating what it's like to be in relationship and to be transitioning out of relationship as someone who is on a healing journey. Yeah. And being highly sensitive myself, I get you <laughs> so much. It's such a world of, of sensations, such a world of emotions and depth. Uh, and therefore, it's so important to be able to embrace, to embrace the totality of the sensations and, and to see them as something that, that we need to get to know and to support. And... That that takes me to how for a long time people has been thinking that the way to deal with emotions is pretty much to avoid them, mm -hmm. to to control them, to master their emotions as if they were 
something that they needed to to control with their mind. Even the the idea of the of the brain pushing down the heart and and, and ruling over the heart. It's such a such a destructive metaphor when it comes to the way in which we actually function as human beings. Oh yeah. I I had that come up. I experienced one of the most intense sensations of heartbreak I'd ever felt. And it was right during a time where I was starting to open up my group program for like emotional liberation. And a lot of that work is just feeling. And so I went into this relationship knowing that I was risking that depth of pain based on the depth at which I was willing to love and being in that heartbreak process, instead of avoiding, I just felt everything a hundred percent. And because I did that and it was so intense, I was able to heal from it in a really, really short amount of time for me. And that was just like such an affirmation of the power of just letting yourself feel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I love how, how true that is. Like instead of healing faster because you avoid the emotion, actually the path to healing is by connecting and fully living the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I have found that there is panic around that. Like when I, when I have worked with people um, that are that are terrified of either their grief or their rage, there, there is such a panic. Like the the sensation is that once they step into that well, it's never going to stop running. It's never. It's going to wash them over, and it's going to destroy everything around them, and it's never going to stop. So. There is a very authentic fear around being able to tap into those sensations. And, and I, I, of course, there's people that have a harder time because then they fall into depression and they, 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 they don't have a support system around them. But oh, it's painful to see how they deny their own emotional reality. So... I am curious, have you seen that in people as well? Have you seen that that fear of connecting to their to their grief and their anger or their their fear as well? Oh, a hundred percent. I think that I mean those two or those three feelings specifically are what I see people have the most resistance around. And I really believe that comes down to the way that those emotions were modeled for us growing up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us grew up in households where our caregivers modeled what I call emotional drama, which mm-hmm. was, you know, bottling things up and then going into a rage and harming the family or yelling at the child for crying or, you know, however their, their household approached them and, it's hard because when you start the process of letting yourself feel, and I have to warn clients of this, a lot of times there's a period of real intensity because if you've been denying yourself something for so long, 
it's not just gone, it's there under the surface waiting to be felt. And so oftentimes there is that transition period of feeling a lot of anger or feeling a lot of grief. If be in community or be with professionals who can support you through that, knowing that you can get out on the other side and learning tools to kind of be able to dip in and out. But yeah, it, it is really scary and it's real. I mean, those feelings are so. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are. Oh my God. They, they, they are so real. And it's so important to acknowledge that period of intensity and, and to know that it's not always, it's not going to be like that all the time. But I love how you mentioned the, the emotional drama, like that we were model as children. I feel like that's such a, such an important part of the, of the why people is so terrified of emotions. Like, They, they didn't have permission to feel any intense emotion and their parents or the adults in their lives that had that permission experienced those emotions in a very toxic way. So I feel like it's important to recognize that that's not the way it has to be and we, we can change that story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then... There is another part that I feel it's so important and it's how that feels inside the body, right? Like people feel like emotions are something that they have, they deal with in a very ethereal space. Like they, they can um, name the emotion but cannot really ground it. Uh, mm -hmm. And the truth is that it's not like that. Emotions are always uh, connected to a physical sensation or more of a sensation. So uh, how I, I, I want to hear how you approach that, how you, how you approach the somatic aspect of this heartbreak healing. Mm. Yeah, I really agree with what you're saying because I think a lot of times people don't recognize the connections between emotions and just physical sensations in their body. Maybe they don't have language, but for me personally, and this is different for every person, but for me personally, the biggest step for me during that healing process was just crying. And I just let myself cry any time I wanted to cry, whether I was driving or in a cafe or making dinner. And I remember my best friend telling me that she had a hard time relating to what I was going through because she'd never cried so much in her life. So she didn't know how, how to, um, kind of support me during that period, uh, because I was crying, you know, seven hours a day and allowing my body to just be naturally in its process and not trying to rationalize it or um, put like shoulds on myself felt really freeing because the things that wanted to move just had their space to move in the way that they needed to. And through doing that and through letting myself just grieve and cry, um, things didn't stay stagnant or stuck inside of me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's such a, such a 
powerful way to heal, to protect um, the heart of becoming a knot that never that never gets to release the, the, those powerful emotions. It's so important to to avoid that stagnation, and I feel like that's that's something that we. I always tell my, my clients that we as children know the way, our bodies know the way, that we know that we need to cry. We cry when there is an intense emotion. We know how to move our bodies. We just let them move. We, we know how to show our rage and just do a tantrum. We know how to, how to yell or scream or cry or, or, or you know, whatever uh, expression needs to be, to be expressed, uh, even if it sounds redundant. Uh, we, we, we do that naturally as children. And then we are re-educated by, by our culture to push that down to keep it quiet, to not cry. Oh my God, don't cry all out, give you a reason to cry, right? Uh, oh, you're such a crying baby. You know, like all of those nasty messages around something as healing and important as crying. And, and it goes with all of the other aspects of healing that are, that are so connected to that expression of emotions through the body in a way that feels just uh, releasing and, and not just cathartic, but but they naturally bring us back to balance, right? Because catharsis has the, the challenge or the risk of staying there, staying in the cathartic space because it feels good to do it, but, but we need to go back to balance, to go back to that space of, of, of um, regulation. So that I feel like that, 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 that was actually one phrase that I heard from Dr. Lisa Dion. She said, regulation is not calm. It's not about being calm. Calm down, let's regulate. But it's about uh, allowing the feeling to, to flow. So it, that, that's such an important, uh, an important aspect, being present with the sensations and the feelings as they flow. Yeah, oh, I love that. And I feel like, Part of it too is kind of recognizing that nothing we experience is better or worse. So like, it's not better that I'm not crying seven hours a day anymore. Um, you know, finding that place of kind of like emotional neutrality within yourself. And then when you can get to a place of being practiced and experienced in that, then when those big waves of intensity come along, you can accept it for what it is for information. You have this knowledge that it's not forever. And yeah, there's, there's enjoyment in catharsis. I mean, I feel like after I was done really intensely grieving, I was starting to miss it. Like <laughs> once I felt, once I felt, um, yeah, just a lot like uh, less grief. I was just feeling sad. I was like, oh, I kind of miss sitting and just crying all day. There was something really beautiful in that experience. Yeah. Ah. And well, a lot of your work has been focused on pleasure and uh, sexual power. So um, I would love to hear how do the two of them, emotional release and emotional healing connect for you 
uh, with, with sexual healing. I, I know how they connect for me and, and it's a, such an important part of the work that we do. And I would love to hear your interpretation of that, of that connection. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because it's, I have a lot to say on it. So I don't always delve into it um, on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, for me, they're so, so intrinsically linked. I believe that our depth to feel something applies to every type of feeling. So I think our depth that we allow ourselves to be angry is the same as the depth we allow ourselves to feel pleasure. Um, and so I felt like as I was going through my um, like certification process, I started realizing that I had a lot of anger suppression. And around that time, I also had started realizing that what I was experiencing was vaginal numbness. And I realized that once I allowed my anger to be expressed again, it was like, I found that aliveness and passion within me. And I was able to feel more pleasure. So like a recent example would be after that intense grieving process, I started realizing like, wow, my heart cracked open to a deeper level. Like there's more depth, there's more feeling here. And right around that time, I was able to have like a vaginal orgasm, which for me is very rare. I think it's happened twice before and it happened really easily and beautifully. And I felt like because of all of that diving in and allowing myself to feel and getting my nervous system comfortable with an intense sensation, I was able to translate that into pleasure. And so I feel like there's, yeah, I just feel like they're so tightly wound within one another that, you know, how you show up for your emotions is how you show up for the rest of your life and how you show up for your sex is how you show up for the rest of your life. Yeah, totally, totally, totally agree. It's, it's so funny because when people um, start working, uh, even us, I know that that happened to me when I started working with, uh, with sexuality, uh, and it happens with my clients when they start working with sexuality, they are surprised at how we first focus a lot on emotional release and, and connection to the heart and to heartbreak. And it's like, but I want orgasms. What does it have to do with orgasms? And everything. <laughs> you cannot really have a, a full, real deep life-changing orgasm until you dare to feel uh, and to trust your body and your body has a lot to say and, and before it gets to that point and for me it's like making a relationship with the body creating a friendship with the body so when you know a new friend you don't just want to know the cool parts right like oh my god this is the friend i have fun with and we laugh and we play because the truth is that it's just going to stay in a very shallow space. If that's the friend you just have fun with, it's going to stay in the shallow place of never going deeper, never really getting to know that person and never really getting to know her potential. 
But when you get to know the, the grief, the sorrow, the, the experiences that that person had to go through, when, when she gets to cry with you and to be angry about her life and, and call you, that's when you create a deep connection and then you can actually go deeper in your relationship and create something, something that changes you both. And I feel like that's the same thing that happens with the body. We create that relationship with the body. It's about creating a relationship with our pussy and with our body, because it's not just the pussy, our sexuality is all of us. Yeah. Oh, I really love that um, metaphor. I feel like it's about just being able to be present. I was going to say, it's mostly about surrender, but I don't think that's necessarily even true. I think it's more about being able to be present in the moment with what is. So whether that's being present with your frustration at your job, or if that's present with receiving uh, oral pleasure from somebody, or if that's present with sitting with your friend while they cry, it's all comes down to that ability to just be wholly in the moment that you're in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Being present. I feel like that's that's the one key. If if I could tell people uh, how to be a better lover, lover for yourself or for your partner, that, that is the one, in one word, that is the one I would use, just being mm. present. That, that is the thing that changes everything. And that also means being present for the things that are not shiny and bright and that are darker and painful because we cannot just pick and select the things that we want to to be present with because then we are not really being present we are just we, we are just there for for the fun parts of the ride yeah mm. and also uh heartbreak it's such an important topic when i think about embodiment because i feel like we we get to feel it in our body specifically in our breast and chest area we feel it cracking open but we are barely aware of how we feel heartbreak in our pussy as well how our pussy really feels heartbreak and i am curious about uh how how you experience that during this period that you went through did you feel that that connection with your pussy and the heartache Oh, that's such a beautiful question. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I when I came out of it, I I kind of decided how do I want to move forward from this experience? Because in the past, I've done the whole celibate for a long period of time thing, and I've I've done that, and I didn't feel like that's what my body was desiring from me, and so instead, I kind of practiced self-pleasure in terms of relating with like divine feminine energy and energy of the universe and love and kind of connecting with my body from that place. Um, and then once I felt like I would be approaching new, uh, sexual relationships from a place of integrity rather than a place of dissociation, I mm -hmm. stepped into that and found that I had such a deeper connection with like my pussy's, um, voice. Like I use she 
for my pussy. And like, I found like I could really feel like, what did she want in that moment? And because I could hear that so strongly, I was able to kind of approach things or be bold in a way that I hadn't been able to be before and really tune into the pleasure she experiences, the know that she experiences. Um, And so I feel like what I got from that depth was a new relationship to kind of my integrity with my pussy. Yeah, totally. I feel like it's such a powerful journey to ask your pussy what she wants and to let her guide the way, which is pretty much what we look for, right? When we are when we are connecting to the power of our sexuality, where we are creating that connection with pussy and her wisdom. And it just feels like it would have been so different if you hadn't connected to your pussy. Like you, it would have been easier to just stay in the grief maybe longer instead of going back to to full to the full circle, right? Like like pussy was that force that guided you through. Yeah. Yeah. I think without that connection and that kind of um like the GPS, the great pussy in the sky, like <laughs> Mama Gina says, um, I think without that connection, I would have put a lot of different expectations on myself whether that be, I shouldn't sleep with anybody and I should just focus on healing myself, which Mm -hmm. I've been doing every day for years, or, you know, maybe, you know, just kind of having a loss for my friends or whatever it may be. And instead, because I have that deep connection, I was able to let her guide me and those choices, even if others wouldn't make them, or even if they go against what society tells us, they came from a place that was so true to me that I feel like I have kind of a new level of trust with myself and a new level of confidence in how I navigate in the world. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. After all, that's what we what we're doing, what we do uh, for. We are trying to get people to to get to that um, alignment with the GPS. <laughs> so that that's such a powerful a powerful way of approaching this work. And I am curious: Are you offering right now um, a program connected to this emotional release, or or how can people work with you? to, to get to do this healing journey. Yeah, I'm currently launching, um, a program called the emotion codes and we start June 8th and that's a 10 week group program that goes into all that I feel comfortable teaching in terms of emotional liberation. So that really covers the full, spectrum of unpacking your stories, learning how to regulate, learning how to communicate emotions in a non-harmful way. Um, And that course also includes a bonus workshop that I'm hosting this weekend. It might happen before this comes out. um, That's all about heart softening and opening. So that, yeah, that Mm -hmm. program that's launching kind of covers everything that we've talked about today. That sounds magical. I love that. And I love that heart softening. It's just such a beautiful 
way to approach these these journeys. Thank you. I, I know that there are so many people that are going to benefit from this work with you. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, totally. Thank you so much for joining for this conversation. And is there something that you would like to to add about this journey as a closing, uh, as your closing words, um, just to that you feel it's relevant for people to hear? I think that like we touched on, there's so much fear around feeling. And I think a lot of us recognize the ways in which our caregivers didn't model how to feel in a way that's healthy for us. But I just want to share that you have autonomy and you have a choice to decide how you want to feel about your feelings and how you want to feel about the feelings of others. And just because that process of unpacking and stepping into a new kind of paradigm can be hard and uncomfortable does not mean that you are incapable of doing it. So I just want to kind of leave the listener with that, that sense of empowerment that you have the choice to decide how you want to move forward. Even if this is how you've been doing it for 20, 50, 70 years, um, you can decide that you want it to be different. Mm, that's such an important, an important thing to remember. Like we don't need to keep repeating the same stories just because that's the way which we used to do it and our parents did it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for being here. And Please, um, I, I will tag you and, and uh, both in YouTube, in Instagram, and here on the on the audio podcast. So people, please go to my bio and connect with Evelyn so that you get to work with her and and to benefit from the beautiful work that you're doing in the world. Mm. Thank you. Oh, 